and welcome to the second part of our fantasy special here at Critical Twits. Last time you left us as we were venturing forth to fight a mighty and epic tavern brawl, we have defeated the Pixies, vanquished the Nixies, and punched a centaur in the eye. <laughs> Which also meant that we've got enough XP to level up. Colin, what, how did you choose to level up? How did I choose to level up? Well... I decided that I no longer wanted to be Colin the Meek and um, the village peasant. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, Helpful in that effect, I did steal all of the equipment from from the corpses. Unfortunately, some of it is for a centaur. But that's fine, because um, in any fantasy game series, I can instantly put it on and it will suit me perfectly. Um, So I'm thinking I'm going to level up some charisma. Excellent. In order to... (laughs) Because I am still a peasant, but now I don't look like a peasant. You're so a sexy I, peasant. Yes, yeah, so I will spend my points in, in charisma and speechcraft in order to convince people that I am not a peasant. <laughs> and that I am a noble warrior, and that people throw money at my feet to clear up quests, and I'm just going to take their money and leave. Excellent. Yeah. Aaron? Um, well, as I basically had to just sit here and fend them off, while trying to edit this podcast <laughs> I think I'm going to have to have levelled up my endurance just so I could take the beatings and the noises that are interrupting me trying to listen to this again excellent and I spent all my points in beard craft <laughs> um, as up until recently um, my beards were slapdash but now I expect to find myself perfectly groomed and oiled and ready for all occasions be they casual beard occasions or formal beard occasions I now have the feats and skill points to equip myself honourably in the realms of beard well if it's anything like any other fantasy game you could go to a barber and have any style of beard you like for the cheaply priced are you saying I just wasted an entire level's worth of XP on something I could have got uh, got someone else to do for me I'm afraid so (laughs) I hate crafting systems in games (laughs) (laughs) on with the show fantasy it's drawn on um, mostly medieval Europe's history and tends to be the basis of the background but it's it's very romanticised it's the bit it's the bits of the medieval bit of the medieval world we like it's it's the knights and the castles and and the hundred year war yeah, there's and kings no... and queens it's not diphtheria and a lack of toilet roll yeah there's not every, <laughs> everyone being dead by age 40 because you've caught bubonic plague and it's wiped out a third of the population yeah. it's not yeah. your kids have starved to death because your crop failed because of a bad winter it's very few get we, we don't touch upon that because well like all history it's we yeah. romanticise it so there is I mean in in The Witcher it feels very much that it's got that grittiness yes um, there's people I think it's one of the people you come across one of the early quests basically someone who's dying of something horrible and medieval yes um, that these days we could fix and his solution is well I could give her one of my healing potions it might but, kill but her but it might kill her and yeah. actually that kind of that magic oh it's magic it's healing potion it's kind of convenient suddenly actually has something interesting to it it has yes. a twist I really like that again that was something yeah. else it's, I it's also enjoyed. nice to see that she's dying of something there might possibly be a cure but she can't afford it yes healing yeah. potions aren't something you can just walk to a, a shop and trade in a sword that you found in a cave and, and buy a load it's they're really bloody expensive um, and 
poor people can't afford them and so they keep dying of diseases and injuries because yeah. it's something for the rich mm. yeah and I think this is where see I don't like fantasy as a general whole, as a whole. <gasps> Discworld, I really like. Like Discworld, well, um, Discworld's kind of a satire of fantasy. Yes, so if you find fantasy a bit silly, it kind of pops that bubble. Yeah. yeah. Do you like Game of Thrones? <sighs> yes, I do like. Yeah, Game of again, it's gritty, isn't it? Yeah, because it's so, it draws upon more of the realism of the Middle yeah. Ages, the the brutality, the fact that a war happens and ninety percent of the surviving population gets raped. Yeah, it's, it's it's disgusting and horrible. It, yeah, but it's, it's it's the part of war that the medieval wars that we know happened. Yeah, but could, we don't talk about that. No, so no, we follow, do. follow. We do. Yeah, we do. You could follow the fellowship going on their epic quest and stuff, and ignore all that stuff happening in the background. But in my head, that's always playing on me. I always know well that that stuff's there. Yes. there's horrible horrible things happening in the background and you're just ignoring it because these people are amazing heroic no it's not real, real. Yeah. the village that the Urukai burnt down yes you see the village burnt down and see the survivors run away you don't see what happens to the people that don't get away yeah. in time and I'm sure it's absolutely horrendous and you could probably do an entire film based on that and turn it into an 18 immediately they just lie down and go to sleep it's fine of course yeah. they do but I mean I think this is where you know tabletop RPGs however ah ah yes I don't mind a fantasy setting for it no that was a brilliant Sieg yeah I know well just take a moment to admire that well done so you don't mind no I expected not to because I'd read I'd read the Dodgers and Dragons manuals years ago and things like that were you expecting Aragorn and his yeah merry band of merry merry band of fellowship people to go off and save the world from evil hark my elven friend what yonder stands upon that forest shore oh I'm a dwarf I better make up poetry um That's what they do. <laughs> it's just all, they, yeah, they're always singing songs and crafting poetry. Oh yeah, they sing, yeah. sing mining songs and yeah. love songs to gold. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I was thinking elves are more poetic. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, but because it's being crafted by us, who are let's who, face it, we're a, we're a grim lot. Yeah, <laughs> we can make the world more interesting. We can touch on those bits that tell yes. me, or we can go right. I'm a dwarf. Well, I don't fucking like gold, so. I'm yes. not a minor. And, you know, you can do a bit more interesting things with yeah, it. You can play around with it. You can you can mix things up and explore. Maybe take take the mick out of it or enjoy messing around with yeah. um, those tropes. I tend to find the um, and this is not attacking the pre-generated campaigns for for various systems. Um, for example, Pathfinder. Um, some of their pre-generated campaigns are very good. Um, we have played one it, it was thoroughly enjoyable but not as gritty as um, we would have made it if, if it had been our yeah. own, own group it was very much we are the heroes we were the heroes of Sandpoint we were the rise yeah. of the ruin lords uh, ruin lords. Uh, yeah. lords I always say ruin lords I don't know why <laughs> um, but that was very much a, you are the heroes this is the villain and it's it's a very much a pantomime villain there is no yeah. well he might not be a villain it, it, he has reasons for him yeah, he wants to murder everyone because yeah. he's bad get him yes. get him lads get yeah, him. I find well, with some of some of the pre-generated campaigns tend to be Boy. 
that level of fantasy. I really enjoyed Rise of the Rune Lords, but I think I part of that came to playing the same character for 17 levels over the course of about two and a half years. There is, there is that, yes. There is the immersion into the world and your character that allows you to ignore... Now, Aaron's pulling a funny face. Yeah, because um, Aaron joined us very, very late uh, in the campaign. Um, it, yeah. The campaign's made up of six collected books mm. um, that they released as a special edition, which is the, the version we played through. Um, and our friend um, was the DM, so I got to be a player for a change, which was nice. Yeah. You joined us at the start of the sixth book. Yes. How did you find that? Because we'd been playing for two and a half years at that point. Yes. Well, the world was very easy to get my head round, which is always something I'm worried about with pre-established RPGs because yep. you know I have to roleplay somebody who knows the world I had to take over one of Brian's characters I had two characters because yeah. one of my characters didn't talk and then you got to take him over yes and then we kind of wrangled in some stuff so I could talk yeah I I didn't enjoy it that much I liked it because I like roleplaying with you guys and it was fun yeah but as a campaign it didn't seem as it didn't enthrall me as much as the ones mm. You guys have crafted in previous times. I mean, that that might have been because, again, you came in kind of at the end game. Yes. We hadn't had... You hadn't had the, the build-up of what's going on here, yeah. what's actually happening, why do we keep getting attacked, yeah. who's behind I all mean, this? We could talk a little bit about Pathfinder itself. Yes, yeah, I think we should. Um, and I, I would, would preface this with, with the, the, sort of the caveat that we played a campaign of this game for two and a half years yeah we don't dislike the game no so no there, there are things that are tricky about it but it was good enough to hold our attention for that amount of time yes. and interesting enough to play for that amount of time um, for those who aren't aware um, the big fantasy role playing game was Dungeons and Dragons yeah D&D yeah. um, &D, as we'll probably refer to it uh, for now on just to save five minutes on the podcast <laughs> um, and that went through various editions and AD and D, um, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, um, all the way up to D and D three point five. So they did a third edition and they tweaked it a couple of years later. That was at the, sort of the turn of the millennium, two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah, around that time. Uh, lovely game. Um, yeah. Still had its flaws, but overall yeah. were far more polished than any of its previous renditions. Yeah, and quite easy. I mean, D&D, &D, um, I didn't play much Second Ed AD&D. &D. Um, I knew it mostly from playing games like Baldur's Gate, mm, yeah, which yeah. I love, uh, Planescape Torment, which I love even more. Um, we might get on to that and talk about that. Yes. Because uh, Aaron's eyes just lit like. up. Um, but they then did D&D 4th Edition, and revamped the game again and a lot of people walked away from it including us yeah they made the game feel very much like you were playing some kind of MMO um, it went from it went even more in my mind even more fantastic in the way the systems worked yes so you had like your your warrior could heal themselves using magic well that's Kind of odd. Unless you're playing a solo campaign. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it felt very gamey. Like you had yes. game-like abilities, and it. I mean, it is a game, but it felt very much focused on the combat. The combat. Now, there's lots of people out there who play D and D in that manner. It's it's lots of combat. It's almost like a um, a war game or a, a miniatures game. 
occasionally mm. where they do a bit of talking we tend to as a group play much more immersive um, we spend more time on developing characters and developing relationships with NPCs and similar than we than we do necessarily in combat yeah um, and so we kind of turned our noses up at, or, or turned away from fifth ed uh, sorry fourth ed and Pathfinder came out uh, they bought the old game system uh, it comes from comes from Peso Publishing, and they bought the old game system, the old three point five, out from Wizards of the Coast because they didn't need it anymore because they'd moved on. Yeah. Um, fixed a lot of the problems, released Pathfinder in their own world under pretty much the same system but yeah. better. Okay. Uh, so that's the history of it. And um, at one point, Pathfinder was outselling D and D four. Yes. Um, I'm not sure. I've not really looked into how it's comparing against fifth. Uh, to be honest no I couldn't um, tell you but Pathfinder yeah really lovely game um, nice and simple rules most things come down to rolling a 20 sided dice down yeah. some modifiers that are fairly easy to work out yeah um, how did you find it picking it up fresh having not played third ed because kind of we, we've been playing years essentially that system since oh about 12 years? Yeah, about that. Yeah, I'm going to get the name of it wrong. So I'd obviously heard stories about the like the armour classing system of three. Oh, Thaco, two hit, armour class zero. Yes, that's from... it, because they used it in Fallout and things like that, which I know, knew it from. Yeah, and yeah, um, very much in Baldur's Gate, Gate which yeah. was your armour class started at 10, and then the more armour you had, the lower it got, and then you applied it as a negative... Oh, God, yeah. My yeah. Bro- I've gone cross-eyed. It was a really mad system. Yeah. Yeah. I went, oh, it's going to be full of stuff like this. I'm, I'm rubbish at maths on the spot. Yeah. I'm going to spend my entire time huddled over a book, writing things down, and trying to work out what I'm doing. But it wasn't like that at all. It was really simple. It was roll dice. Okay, I can add that number to it. I've got this number. Well, you failed it, you passed it. Depending on this, yeah. that, and that. Yeah. And, yeah, it was easy. I made it really simple to get on with combat. I could... Again, I turned it into the... I played it before in an earlier system where I played with a lower-level character. Was, the combat was quick and easy. I remember what I was doing, nothing else. When I came into the uh, Rise of the Rune Lords campaign, I had so many of these, I forgot I could do loads of things because I'm yeah, not cause you, used to them. Yeah, you'd started quite late. They um, were much higher level. But, yeah, it was a clear, simple system. It was one you could... You seem to have quite a lot of flexibility in it. I mean, I made a, an alchemist uh, for the campaign that Colin ran yep. using the Pathfinder system, which is kind of like a magic class almost. Um, it's, you can take spells from all the little classes and brew potions yes. and do them. And I was a bit overwhelmed and scared when I first looked at how many options I had. It's about a hundred pages of spells yeah, yeah, in the book. There's so yeah. many of them. But when I started looking at, okay, well, I'm doing, my character's like this, so I'm not going to have spells and work like that, because why would I do that? It started yeah. becoming a lot simple, and yeah, I was able to play with it, and it was quick, easy, and mm. I, I wasn't scared of it once I started playing it. I picked it up really quickly, which yeah. I don't normally. Now, we obviously, we played Rise of the Rune Lords, and... I mean, the, the benefits of starting with a, a pre-generated campaign, something you can just pick up out of a book, are great. Especially yeah, especially as, for new groups. So if you're interested yeah. in having a look at this, you can easily pick up a starter pack. normally comes with a, a s- small campaign to start with. If you've yeah. never ran a game or never played in a game before, it's very quick and mm. very easy. Yeah. Yeah, we... we, we 
didn't really touch on the world that they'd created for Pathfinder. We had our little bit that we went to, Sandpoint, and yeah. the nearby City of Monuments, and that mountain that we climbed uh, yeah. <laughs> the other side of the world that we flew to, um, because it's still very high fantasy. Yes. You can resurrect people using magic, uh, for instance. Um, so it, it lacks that grit. That's a consequence to throwing your character into the ring. There is, there is yeah. that. I mean, I played uh, an elf, an elf archer. <laughs> Go me for cliches. Yeah, I hate cliches in fantasy. I'm play an elf and archer. <laughs> elf and archer. So cool. uh, I will point out, in my defence, I hadn't role played with the group in about three years, yeah. and I had never, I hadn't actually played Pathfinder before either. I played all the other the the D and D three D and D three point five, and I um, I just didn't know what the hell I was going to play I didn't know anything about the world so I just went oh, I'll play an Elven Archer um, so we didn't delve into the world as much but then my character wasn't particularly interested in the world and what was going on um, I did find later on in the game as we got higher level when we got the ability to teleport and fly you tend to miss quite big chunks it's like having the fast travel in in skyrim yes you could travel to the other side of the world and do all the quests and run into villages and all sorts of things on the way or, or i'll just press this button here and yeah we all hold hands and say the magic words yes and lo and behold we are in far forgotten um, that other city that's up a mountain i i would say um I thoroughly enjoy Pathfinder. I would quite happily, if, if the guys, everyone went, let's play a game of Pathfinder, start a new campaign, I, yeah. I'd quite happily play it again. My enjoyment of the game diminished the higher level we became. Yes. Because that's... you broke it. A, I broke it and I apologise in advance. <laughs> um, but it, it's not just that. Because everything becomes tougher, your characters become harder, you get more hit points, you cause more damage with your weapons... Um, enemies become harder, and they and you would think it it would balance so that combat takes the same amount of time, but it it doesn't. It takes longer. Yeah, we definitely. had one session. Now we only played for four hours because of um, we're older now, so we have worked and yeah, I had to have commands. my cocoa. Yeah, <laughs> and um, a reasonable hour in my pajamas. Yeah, I mean we only played four <laughs> hours, but we started the session in combat. And we ended four hours later in the same combat and had yes. to pick up the combat next week, which is is, is madness. That's, that's, that's insanity. Very difficult. Um, yeah. And that started to drag the campaign down because yeah. it was, well, let's go fight this. And as the campaign escalated <laughs> and it was very much right, end game, let's go slaughter all the bad guys. We have reached the climax. It's a series of action se- sequences yes. that will take weeks yes, to play. It, it was the last yes, kind of definitely. I think the last when we were storming the, the Rune Lord's yeah. um, base of, of operations yeah. it was a three or four weeks we were playing so uh, about 10-15 hours um, throughout the weeks and it was all one combat after the other yes it was like watching the um, it was like watching the two towers <laughs> but yeah. really but, but Really, really slowly. Yeah. I don't know if our DM got bored um, along with us because he wasn't able to tell, describe much or do much of the story. Um, exploding metallic objects. Uh, that's what happens when you try to. to that's last orders. You're ringing the bell. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, that was the ogre punching the knight in the head. 
One of the above is true. <laughs> Contact us on Twitter. The first person to get it correct will win a badge. Um, <laughs> now Colin has to make that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the DM got bored or you because you seem to know how to game these systems because you're good at that I should break it so well that we did come across a few creatures that <laughs> turned up you drew your bow fired an arrow and then it exploded and we just carried on all within the space of 10 seconds real time and most of that was just Colin counting the dice yeah, it, yeah. The, the thing the thing with, with it is you start the game and I mean my, my character being a, a little halfling cleric called Mouse bless her um, she um, she started the game she had eight hit points yeah now a long sword if you stab someone with a long sword you do d8 so an eight sided dice of damage um, plus your strength modifier which means that anyone could walk up to her and with a lucky roll hit her and kill her knock her out any combat based warrior class so specialising in poking things with a long sword would, would hit would, her and, and hurt yeah. her very quickly would, would probably bring her down in a hit yeah. now she ended the game with 165 hit points which still isn't a huge amount no not for the level we were at no. um, it was okay it was quite good it was, it was, um, it was more than I had yeah um, but even a, an attack at that level might do 82 points of damage yeah Still got hit her twice. Yeah. And it takes a long time to work out those numbers. Yeah. Yes. And it takes a long time to, to add the things up. The game hits a really nice sort of sweet spot where your character is powerful and has enough of variety and abilities from level five or six up to about level 12. Yeah. Where, for me at least, I don't know about you guys, but for me at least, the game, you can, you can have a session your four hour session you can have a couple fights in there because it is a very combat based system yeah. um, and the general solution I mean it's it's dungeons and dragons you fight Dungeon. dragons you go into dungeons to loot treasure yeah. or in um, this case you go along paths and find treasure and find some dragons yeah. to hit yes yeah so you've got that you know it, there will be combat it's, it's based on that kind of those heroes questing to achieve some kind of goal to get something or to to get better loot um, so they can do it again and do it better Um, it has that kind of feel to it um, as a sort of the generic staple Um, but you you can have a couple fights in a session at those sorts of levels and you can chat to someone in the pub you can make your obeisance to the king Uh, that's not a euphemism Uh, you can apologise profusely to one of the party players for shooting a crossbow bolt into the backside yeah uh, you you also feel you're tough enough that you're gonna get through most fights well most fights that the the dungeon master is gonna throw at you but at the same time if you run up to a bloke in a pub and smack him over the back of the head there's a good chance you're gonna get killed it's your you've got that nice sweet spot yeah. of i'm tough but there's a lot of things out there harder than yeah. me. Yeah. Now, now for some um, people, you know, part of the fun of the game is to be really, really powerful, yeah. Yeah. and therefore maybe they find the later levels or they prefer a style that's different where they're yeah. they're much more powerful. The, the problem I I found is that even at those levels, the system, the way it's balanced, it's a very well balanced system of combat. The way that you work out 
what your party should fight at that level, the kind of treasure they have. It's very mathematical. Yeah. There's a lot of odds and calculations involved that have kind of gone on behind the scenes and then they give you a simplified version that you can use. The problem with it is is it lends itself very much to power gaming. Yes. Min-maxing and if you've got four players, you need one to hit things, one to heal everyone, one to do the kind of the tricksy disarming of traps and mm. sneaking around, and one person to do the... Tanking. The, well, or the, the big, um, the damage dealing with fireballs yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So if you're playing the character, if you're playing in your group and you're playing the, um, the elven sorcerer, and your elven sorcerer gets killed... You can play a different sorcerer or yeah. a wizard, but if you played something else, and it's full of different character classes, yeah. but you completely ruin the balance of the game. Yeah. And obviously, if you're spending hours and hours playing these characters, you don't want to turn around and say, "Hey, my character died, Colin. Do you want to do you want to do you want to play someone else so that I can be the fighter for once?" Yeah. And you get locked into a party role. I I was the healer. Yeah. For two and a half years. Yeah. And the thing is, even every if, Friday night. The thing is, even if you died. You would have had no choice but to be the party healer. Again, you would have had to pick a new party healer because we didn't have one. Yeah, and I could have been a slightly worse healer that could do some other stuff and be a druid. Yeah, but then we might not survive harder fights. No, we might not survive the harder fights. And the game, the way with the the powering of the game and and, um, the way it works is you want to be really good at what you do. So creating a healer that can do a little bit of healing but can do a little bit of other stuff that we have seen in, in some of our games. You tend not to feel so satisfied. Yeah, because, because you're not doing a good job. No, you're not doing everything mm. um, as well. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I very much enjoyed Pathfinder. Yeah. Um, if you like fantasy, um, I mean, it kind of... I feel a little bit like Pathfinder and D&D. They straddle that that RPG deep role playing where you're you're your character immersed in character like a method actor for six hours of an evening and playing a war game they straddle kind of the two and that's kind of the origin of it was to tell stories with your miniatures and to fight battles with your miniatures and be heroes and it's still kind of got that that feel and I enjoy that from time to time but I think as we've got older um We've moved more towards the storytelling and, and playing yeah. interesting characters. Yes. Um, it's still it's very capable of doing it in Pathfinder, but you tend to find if you're using all the spells available, all the classes available, you do hit a level where you just go, it doesn't matter if I run up to... I can take on the entire enemy army. Oh, I've been killed, oh well. My, the, the cleric will resurrect me. It, you, you lose that. Consequences. Consequences, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I've just shot the king. Oh, the, there's a king riding towards you. Well, I've got this incredibly awesome bow. I'm just going to shoot him through the eye. Oh, there you go. War's over. Which was your archer. Was my, <laughs> that's essentially what my archer did. Um, and I apologise to uh, James, our, our game runner, for murdering everything. I once yeah. left the room while Colin was rolling his attacks, made a sandwich in the kitchen and came back and this was a complex <laughs> sandwich this was a baguette with ham cheese pickle and a layer of sa- it's like a scooby snack um the, you know shaggy would have been proud of me uh, i made that and then i came back in and colin was just adding up his damage yeah <laughs> because that's how long it took to yeah. crunch things yeah 
Um, and I think, I mean, I, I really enjoy playing the Baldur's Gate games mm. on the PC. Baldur's Gate 2 is probably ooh, one of my top five games. I don't have an official list. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's one of my favourite games ever. And I have completed it twice, once being nice and once being a complete and utter ruffian, so-and-so, <laughs> nasty person. Um, but very well spoken. Because um, I was a sorcerer. Um, and all the charisma uh, again not a euphemism um, what was good about that was you got to the higher level you went I fire my bow at this person and the game did all the maths for you yeah yeah. yes it's still slower than playing the game in real time because you pause it and you wish you orders and you do things like that yeah. but it's still much quicker than having to get the calculator out to work out exactly yeah. what damage you roll because of your um, undead bane giant bane um, holy uh, bow with its dragon slaying arrow yeah. you were firing and it's you were hasted at, and, and you get these stacks and stacks of different things that just gum the works of the game up and get in the way for me it's like when you take apart a table with your dice there's a problem <laughs> there, when there it was... needs three of us to count those dice up yeah well, there, there was one instance where my, my attack so bear in mind um, each character's action is, is six seconds um, and I rolled I think I rolled 52 dice and had to get three people to join in yeah. rolling these 52 <laughs> dice yeah. when, when the rest of the table is helping you count your dice up not because they're eager to see if you killed something but just because the game is going so slow <laughs> you might need to really look at your core mechanics yeah. a little bit um, we have hacked Pathfinder for other settings we've used our own sort of homebrew settings yeah. uh, but one thing we have done more recently so we've actually used the uh, World of Darkness um, rule system Yes. Uh, for fantasy. Colin and I played a 24-hour role-playing game for charity recently that a friend of ours ran. We did. And um, we used that, and it had a much grittier feel. Yes, it's um, World of Darkness is very similar to Mutant that we... Yeah, about you last missed week. Aaron mentioned last week actually yeah, that um, it was similar. Like so I've not played World of Darkness. System, no, it's, so. it's very similar. You, you not? No. Did I mean, you not play when Colin had the character with the crazy arm that was possessed? No. Yes, you did. Did I? I, I just, he kept stroking you. This is going to sound really odd. We only yeah. played for a couple of weeks, though. Oh, it might have cool. just gone over my head. Yeah, because I played the uh, the possessed um, demonkin. Oh yes, and yeah, my arm I do remember moved independently, now. and we weren't supposed to look backwards. Again, sorry about this, uh, the listeners. You won't have a clue what I'm on about. But yes, I, I, my arm moved independently to the rest of me, so I kept doing weird things with my arm. Yeah, yeah, you got a habit of that. Yeah, my first introduction to, to role playing was with Colin being weird at me. In, yeah. in that respect, now in that system, I mean, D is very much level based. It's class based. If you want to get better at fighting, you take a level of fighter. Yeah. If you want to get better at being stealthy and tricksy, you take a level of rogue. A system like World of Darkness is points based, um, so you're much freer to make pretty much anything you like. Yes. Uh, you can often things like like I don't know um, firing a bow is tied into your agility. Yeah. For instance, in Pathfinder, you're never going to be good at firing a bow if you have really bad agility compared to someone who maxed that out. Yeah. Well, dexterity, um, as they call it. Um, in World of Darkness, you can assign all your points to actually being really good at the bow. Yeah. Rather than being... And be someone who's really slow and clumsy, but wields a massive, great, big longbow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like a god. 
Yeah, <laughs> if you so desire. Much grittier because your your hit points won't increase much. No, so very very rarely increase much. If a if two sword cuts is enough to kill you when you start the game, maybe three sword cuts is what will take you when you're really really powerful later on. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's. Our, our friend who has uh, run some of those games as well has modified using various different source books a kind of magic system that's much less high fantasy and more low fantasy ritual based or yes. herbalist based or yeah. has drawbacks with it. There's yes. no drawback for the wizard firing loads of spells other than that he runs out of spells whereas the a wizard in, in World of Dark is quite easy to, to give drawbacks and things into the, the system where actually costing say your your own humanity yeah um, it's damaging your own morality and your sanity to yeah. do that which is very much nicer yeah yes because it yes uh, it's also there's very there's no resurrection spells well you could make one but you, you could make one if you you wanted to for the game but it's it's not something that's available or you know it's it's not something you know will be available later on in the game yeah. you don't oh, look, just go down the local shop and buy yeah you don't look at the, uh, your cleric class and go oh well at level 10 I get resurrection it's, it doesn't can I tell a like really that. bizarre story yeah, yeah. why not we, we pl- I played I ran a game of Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 yeah um, 10 years ago uh, in that game um, the players were defending a besieged city and in the final battle to save the besieged city as kind of an all-or-nothing gambit, they won. One of the characters, one of the player characters, died. Mm-hmm. We had a a twenty-minute funeral for that character in the game. Um, <laughs> the players stood up as their characters and wished that character their goodbyes before burying him in his armor with his weapons. Very moving. Very tearful. And the only thing the character had to say, the the, character, the player of the dead character had to say when they said that they buried him and they moved on was, why didn't you just resurrect me? Now I've got to make a new character. <laughs> <laughs> that lovely that lovely feeling, that, that immersive moment was completely destroyed by, oh, you just didn't need to do that. Yeah, you could just, um, you could just resurrect him. I think that sums up my problem with those sorts of spells. You could take that out of... I mean, we, we, we have. We, have we, we played a, uh, many years ago a um, D&D 3.5 uh, where we took out the resurrection spells. Uh, they, it was, I think it was hinted that they possibly existed, but they were forbidden. It was the kind of thing, if, if you cast that, that, then angels from heaven would come down and rip you limb from limb because you've broken the natural order. So you could use it like once and there'd be a massive consequence to it. Oh, if yeah. somebody was getting really upset that well, we died. We didn't we... even... We, there was hints that they possibly existed, those type yeah. of spells, but no one knew spell. But obviously yeah. following the way the rules as written, if you like, yes. or the the traditional settings, those things just exist. Yes. Yeah, yeah they, they um, just exist. And for me, I think this comes down to that high fantasy versus low fantasy... I prefer a lower fantasy. I think the stakes are, are better. It's more yes, more immersive for yeah. for me. Especially uh, if you're you've, you've built your character, you're enjoying playing your character, your your personality. It's um, going into a fight and that feeling of oh god, I might die, and that's it. It's not. Don't worry, the cleric will resurrect me, or <laughs> he'll pour a healing potion down my throat. The 
we've got two healing potions and that's that's it because they're not widely mm. available and there is no resurrection I, I don't want to go into this fight I can completely understand why you would have if you're playing a game that revolves around combat you would have healing potions yes, yes. it would be no fun if you were to load up Bloodborne yeah. you were to run towards the enemies you get hit by a peasant with a pitchfork yeah. and then your character had to spend three weeks convalescing from the wounds <laughs> yes and it's the same thing in a in a game that revolves around fighting. You yeah. don't want to get hurt and then have to sit out the gaming session. Yes. So it, it's a convenient, it's a gamey way of keeping everyone involved. Yeah. Um, and having like that bigger hit point pool and, and things like that. Yeah. But for I think for us and the way we play as a group, we prefer the consequences to actions. Like we were talking about with Mutant last week, we yeah. prefer things to sort of um, to have that kind of follow through. Yes, if you like. We, yeah. ev- every situation doesn't have to be a fight. In Pathfinder, D&D, um, you expect it to be a fight and, and for violence to occur, yeah. whereas in World of Darkness, Mutant and, and other games similar, there's always a way around it. Yeah. Yeah. World of Darkness is brilliant because you can, you can modify it, hack it, very basic, basic, simple... It's not a simple... There's depth to it. Yeah but it's quite easy to get your head round yes. and you can modify it to anything you like. I've played a cyberpunk game using the World of Darkness system. Yep. I've played medieval-style fantasy uh, using yep. that system. I've played all sorts of different things and yep. been perfectly satisfied with my experience. Yep. But I think for role-playing, it's just the story wins. Yes, it's far it more... Just, it helps the story. story driven. Now, in our 24-hour game, um, I created a, a knight who was... Uh, very cheery. He was yeah, quite remembering him. Quite, he was fun. Quite looking forward to uh, to dying. Not because he wanted to die, but because it's it's about time someone threw a decent challenge at him. And um, you're cleric of the god of war. Yes, I was a cleric of the god of war, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed fighting in all its forms. Um, a fair fight is is what I wanted. It was when I uh, my character came up with a cunning plan to. Um, Without going into too much detail and boring anyone, uh, the, our air, the area that we lived in had been overtaken by enemy invaders. I came out with a cunning plan to try and assassinate their leadership and regain control of the area. Explained it to your character and he turned around and said, well, it'll be an honour dying by your side. <laughs> <laughs> Which was brilliant, but also left me more crestfallen than that guy who sits by the bonfire in Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, just for the end of that story, we didn't assassinate the leader because I immediately ran out into the open, challenging the leader to mortal combat <laughs> yeah. and screaming, come out and face us. So I, I completely ruined that. But yeah. what I found with that is, A, I, I tailored that character for fighting because it was a 24-hour game. I knew that at around the 3, 4 o'clock mark, we were all going to get extremely tired and just want to hit things. Um, so I tailored a hitting character. Yeah. Despite that, I still didn't. I still felt vulnerable. I didn't feel anywhere near as a powerful character as say in, in Pathfinder. I I actually got brought down a couple of times, um, and and suffered the consequences for my running in and going face me monster, and <laughs> it it went badly yeah. more than once. So, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, it was fun to play a hitty hitty punch the thing in the head, but it was my character's personality that 
I enjoyed the most yeah. out of that. I don't remember that time when you rolled lots of high dice. Yes. I remember that time when you turned around and said something perfectly in character um, to something I'd done. It was the interaction between yeah. the characters that, that lives in the memory yeah. for me from role-playing games. Yeah. If anyone's telling you a role-play story and they say, and then I rolled a 20 and so it was dead, uh, <laughs> yeah. you're very dull. I mean, in, in, in that game, <laughs> to I me, rolled... To me, just yeah. to me. Yeah, I mean, in that game, I rolled a lot of dice in, in comparison to the other party members. But it's not something that comes up. I mean, when we talk about my elf character from Pathfinder, it's, oh my God, how many bloody dice did you have to roll? And do you remember that time you murdered this thing? In World of Darkness, it's... Do you remember that time you said this to that character? Yes. <laughs> it's it's more of the roleplay side than rolling dice. Yeah. I, which the, is nice. The, the only thing I really did of note in that is I spent a lot of my resources on... Um, my social standing, which immediately fell apart because we got invaded. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Um, so I was the the daughter of the nobleman of the area, and had no power because we'd been invaded. So that was great. So I spent points on that. Um, I spent uh, points on money. Yeah. Uh, so I spent some of my sort of experience and, and my character building points on money. And again, we were immediately in a war situation where money kind of lost its value. Yeah. And I spent a lot of my points on having a really awesome um she was my um handmaid i suppose my my servant girl but she was also kind of my spy um my best friend and um she was going to be a very useful character because there were only three of us playing so we thought we'd have another character yeah. good at stuff yeah um and I, i'd spend the points for her she'd be very useful and she'd be really cool to sort of be involved in role play with talk to her as an npc um and then the enemy came, so I immediately sent her away to safety. <laughs> so we saw her in the first hour of the game, and that was it. Yeah. Um, which was incredibly funny to me. Um, Realising about 22 hours into the game, I was like, she'd have been really useful right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's that's fantasy roleplay done. Yeah. No? Yeah. Yes, the last, the last thing about that, although... That sounds like Brian's character was completely useless and he might as well have sat in a corner twiddling his thumbs. Um, I don't remember any of that. I remember his character being a lot of fun and bouncing off it and all that leadership abilities and the, the nobleman's daughter came into play. Oh yeah, I, tr I basically tried to be the nobleman's daughter. I just didn't yeah. get any benefits from it, but I still acted in yes, that way. Yes, you still acted. I don't, and, and didn't need an extra dice that's to, something to do it. World yeah. of Warcraft is built for it's what world it, of warcraft uh, world of warcraft sorry everybody uh world of darkness is is built for it. well known deep immersion role playing <laughs> yeah. game world it, of warcraft um, it rewards you for having a character concept rather than having a character class yeah yeah aaron you've not said a lot for a long time because you weren't really involved in in a lot of, of those things you didn't um, join in join in the charity event boo Yes. Yeah. Fact he was on holiday doesn't mean anything. Boo hiss. <laughs> I made sure some money came the right way. Ignore yeah. that last statement from him. Boo hiss. <laughs> um, yeah, people hiss. They should like a cat. I think that'd be more intimidating. Well, that's the, really the didn't like that's, that's the snake people from uh, Varlan that are hissing. The right? snake uh, people. Don't be racist. Uh, don't be racist. <laughs> <laughs> um. Sorry, they're not in the tavern with us at the minute, we're fine. That's true. That's because of my racism. <laughs> yeah. upset them. They're waiting outside to ambush us. Bless them. Um, so, 
yeah, we, we recommend fantasy role playing games, lots of things, lots of cool ideas to play around with. Yep. Um, yeah. Pathfinder, good for a bit, don't get too high a level because your, your game will gum up. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking for that grittier kind of role, um, experience, feel, um, have a look around, there's lots of other good systems, but we do recommend World of Darkness. World of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say if you're new players, definitely go for Pathfinder because it'll introduce you to role playing as yes. a concept. Yeah. 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 Um, and you should definitely do role playing if you've got a gaming group and you can meet up semi-regularly give oh, it a yeah. go it's, it's an amazing yeah. amount of fun um, definitely give Pathfinder a go if you then as, as you're playing think well I'd actually more interested in seeing how our characters interact um, once you warm up and get used to playing other characters because we're not all completely mental like we are um, <laughs> then move on to systems oh, like World of Darkness yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I thought you might be able to introduce for us, board gaming then, fantasy board games. Yeah, fantasy board um, games. Fire, go. What, well, what's been tickling your fantasy? Well, I mean... Your fantasy. Oh, <laughs> fantasy, right. Well, one that ties in quite nicely with what we're talking about, as we talk about our Dungeons and Dragons type of things, is Laws of Waterdeep. With the lovely, lovely, sexy box of sexiness. Oh, I enjoyed the box. So I've never enjoyed packaging as much as when I opened up Lords of Waterdeep. It's, it's almost pornographic. It's it's brilliant. It it's it's such a sleek design. Um, I remember board games. You would have two bits of cardboard, and they would rattle. Yeah. They'd sit on the shelf. If you had them at a funny angle, then everything would start to fall out. You'd yeah. open it up, and you'd have to spend ten minutes putting all the decks of cards back together. Or yeah. And you would have finding lost the little the little dog. Some cards yes. and pieces because yeah. even though the box is shut and the lid's on, it's still gone missing. It's yeah. rattled enough that it's actually dropped out of space and time. Yeah, those little monopoly dogs. They actually can move on their own. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the inside of the Waterdeep yes. box, uh, everything has its place and it fits absolutely perfectly and snugly. And you can just open it up and go, this bit goes here, this bit goes there, that bit goes there, and you're set up in two minutes. Yeah. I've just realised how sad we sound. No, no, no. Years and years of suffering <laughs> going, oh, well, I really want to play that board game, but it's going to take me half an hour to set it up because I'm going to have to find all the, all the pieces, the, the cards yeah. to separate right. them. Oh, I fully understand why we think yeah. this is amazing, but from an outside point of view, let's face it, 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 it does. We've just got excited by a box. Yeah, the instant you've played a board game and tried to take it around somebody's house and just had lost all the bits. Oh. Yeah. 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 It feels like a game that's been made for pe- by people that play games. Yes. It's not people that are trying to sell you something. It's like, we've made a really cool game and we've made it really easy for you to play. Um, might be part of their cunning cynical marketing plan, but please do more of it because it's so, so lovely yes. just to be able to get going so quickly. Yeah. What's Lord of Lords of Waterdeep then? So it's a competitive board game where you play the Lords of Waterdeep. Do you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Lords of Water. I never would have guessed. And it's your task to um, gather parties as such, build your own parties, and send them out on quests. Parties so, as in parties of adventurers, not clowns, cake, and balloons. Well, it depends on the um, depends on the quest. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, each of you plays. A different lord, as this is going to keep coming back to this. I'm sorry, um, but you keep that in secret for the game. Yeah, so I mean that fits in. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, fits in nicely. Um, Waterdeep is a city in Forgotten Realms, which is one of the staple Dungeons and Dragons kind of settings. I think. 
fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons has actually gone back to having that as this kind of the default setting. Okay. Um, although they kind of used Greyhawk in previous years um, and didn't really expand on it. Um, you might know Forgotten Realms Drist de Werden, the um, the college looking very confused. The Drow Rangers, the Evil Elf. Uh, Ranger. Um, let me have a thing. Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate is a city in yes. in uh, Forgotten Realms, um, and those games take place. Icewind Dale is a location in, uh, in Forgotten Realms. Never winter. So you just naturally presume that the Drow are going to be evil. Yeah, yeah. Well, Drist isn't evil, and that's what makes them interesting. But you said the Drow are. <laughs> well, as a society, they're all. This uh, again, right? We will come back to oh, this idea oh. of alignment. I've actually got a question about alignment. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm trapping him, uh, viewers. I'm, get, yeah. I'm getting his racist views out. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what you really think about the elves, Brian. <laughs> I wish I was an elf. <laughs> so do one we. of the pixies is stroking my back. And that's very pleasant. <laughs> Feathery. Um, yes. So yeah. Sorry. Um, no. The um, Waterdeep is a, a city, a very very large city, and it is ruled by. 13 lords I do believe one of whom is public and everyone knows the others are masked nobody knows who they are although there's lots of discussion about who they might be yeah. uh, they meet as a council they decide the fate of the city but they've all got very different ideas on what should be done so you act as one of these masked figures hence why no one knows which one you are no. um, and rather than when you play Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder you are gathered as adventurers generally someone goes Hark! We need to go over there and deal with this evil menace. And you go a hundred gold, um, and your finest flaming longsword, please. And yeah. they they send you off, and you do it. In this game, you actually act as the people sending the adventurers, yes. and you have agents that go round the board. You set them out. They go and recruit people, or they they take missions. And then when you've got enough adventurers and enough gold and equipment or whatever it is you need, they vary. You can complete the mission, get some lovely victory points. Yeah. Yep. Um, just like in real life, when you complete any kind of task. Yes. We've all seen that little number come up in the top corner of our vision and just just go up. Yeah, I'm not it's doing very, very well. I've only leveled up nice. once. Oh, bless you. <laughs> I, I leveled up on Wednesday. On Wednesday? Yeah. What did you do? What did I do? Uh, a very large succession of very menial fetch quests, also ah. known as going to work. Is it the <laughs> is it is it the World of Warcraft syndrome of going into the forest and killing boars for twenty minutes? Only gets you one XP, but eventually you eventually will it up. works. Yes, yeah. so eventually you get better at things. Um, now I love Lords of Bort Deep. Yeah, is that unanimous across the board? I've played it twice, and. Honestly, I'm struggling to remember <laughs> much about it. Oh, no, that, that's bad. Eva says to me that I didn't enjoy it very much, and so I've just kind of deleted it from my mind. Yeah. Or, um, because you guys had played it quite a bit um, before I, I joined in, perhaps I was... You guys knew what you were doing. You know how to win the game and complete the game. And I was sitting there going, "What?" Yeah. What? Sorry about that noise. I was just opening a can of mead. <laughs> um, we played it. I think around our friend who she has some kind of mathematical genius ability to just churn out this quick succession of 
I do this, this gets me more of this, which lets me do this, which gets me more of this, which lets me do this. Yeah. Thing, and just get a system yeah, going. She made like a factory yeah. of, of fighters. Yeah, one of the things that she did, I mean, there's different types of quests. So you might have magic-based quests, um, religious-based quests, might quests for fighters to go on, or skullduggery. Yes. Uh, if you're feeling particularly skullduggerous, um, you might take lots of those and use rogues to do, to do those. Um, each lord has two favoured types of quest. Yeah. So you might have the holy warrior who likes might quests and religious quests. You might have the greedy thief who has the commerce quests, all that getting money, and the skullduggery quests. Yeah. She managed to um, basically create... She was the, the holy warrior, and she created a system where every time her fighters went and completed a mission for her, they returned back to her base as priests yeah for they had been um you know, proven their worth and been ordained as priests uh, in the name of the god lovely because then they were then used on the next quest and yeah. she just absolutely destroyed us all we just watched on fairly helpless but i did enjoy the game yeah um, as she she absolutely beat the snot out of us on the very first time she'd ever played yeah, yeah. um not being a, a hardcore gamer as such um We've played lots of more more casual games, but that's probably the the most, I suppose, involved game we've played with her. And she taught us all, all of us cynical old gamers quite a few valuable lessons. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so well done. Yeah. That was, yeah. Hi. Geez, but that was one of <laughs> yeah. your first introductions. That, mm. was a, that, that was my first oh, introduction. It was, uh, yeah, what's happening? Um, yeah. I think it's, now, it was the first time she played it as well. Yeah. And obviously she walked all over us. Now, either that means I'm slow. <laughs> which is no excuse because she's even older than me so I can't even say oh it's okay I've just got slow in my old age um, so whether that was down to a little bit of, of luck on her part or whether I am just an idiot and went what how do I I work this but it's definitely a game where if you're going to play it with people I'd recommend playing it with if you for the, if you play it for the first time, play it with a group of people who are also playing it the first time. Because once you've figured out the little There's ways of strategy to yeah, it, yeah. Once yeah. you've figured out a variety of strategies and ways of very quickly accruing points, right. and then you bring in a new player, you're just going to sit there and go, "I do this, 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 this. Yeah. I have one." Because yeah. the quests you get in are drawn at random. Yeah, the uh, lords obviously get given to you at random. Yeah, yeah. So you can't go. I really like this lord. I'm going to be. No, I right. mean there is there is a some of them are ladies. Yes, yes. Ladies yeah. of Waterdeep. La- ladies of Waterdeep. Ladies of Waterdeep sounds a bit like a shopping game, though. Ladies of Waterdeep. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, it's a bit like ladies who do lunch. Like ladies um, who yeah, do I've, lunch. I, I quite game. enjoy playing the various ladies of yeah. Waterdeep. Yeah, but as well as all these systems, you can build buildings. Yeah, which is how you so. generate some of your your fighters and your mages and your things like that um, others gather you more money and things like that depending on you can only have like a certain number of agents per building and section of the city some yeah. uh, couples most money allowed one yeah yeah. Uh, so it might be that I realised that Aaron needs lots and lots of thieves and he's being particularly skullduggerous again yes and there's Yes, you can go to the Thieves Guild and recruit a couple thieves. Once someone's done that in a turn, and you each have a certain limited number of actions, take turns putting your agents down. Yeah. Once an enemy agent's visited somewhere, that's it for that go. 
there's only six or eight turns, so it's a very short yes, game yeah. in that sense. It's about an hour to play. Yeah. Um, but I can go, oh, I could make some money off of this. I will, I will buy this particular dodgy pub that lets him also recruit other thieves. Yeah, but a cost of four gold to you. Yeah, and I get some of his gold, or I get another thief come and join me as well. Yeah. yeah. If he uses it. And then you're forced into that kind of that decision. Yes. Who yeah. do I help? I really need my resources. And one of the great things the game does is it gives you more of these agents about halfway through. Yeah. So there's not actually enough spaces at the beginning of the game for everyone to use all of their agents, but halfway through it releases some extra ones to you because people have built up and you get extra yeah. moves. Which, which things are nice. complex and you've developed yeah. Your, yeah. your systems. Um, very, very nice. You can also play intrigue cards. You can go to the docks and play some intrigue. Yeah. Um, so you might mess with particular players. Um there might be um, a fight breakout so in your tavern and you steal some fighters because they come over to have a fight and then they stay where you are yeah. and have a drink um, lots and lots of nice little touches you say it's competitive yeah but it's kind of a euro gamey competitive yes in yes. You've got to work together to a certain extent to be able to achieve the goals yeah. you want, and you're just hoping the other person isn't using you as much as you're using yeah. them. Yes. And you don't, you can, you can. There's a very few ways of interacting directly. Yeah. A lot of it comes from you can have as much conflict or not in your group because you could go, oh, well, I need some of those. Oh, but I need some of that. Okay, I'll go here, and you could cooperate. Yeah. Or you can go. You need to. You need to because you can see the other person's missions. Yes, uh, adventures, quests. You go. Oh, you need two. You need two thieves to complete that quest. I've just gone to the hall of thieves and recruited the last two thieves, Colin. <laughs> Which uh, I'd like to point out is what happened. Not from Brian, um, but someone did that to me in my first game, and I went. <laughs> yeah. I can't actually com- complete most yeah. of my yeah. missions. Uh, what am I doing? So you yeah. can be competitive in that way, but. Yeah. you're not directly attacking each other everyone plays the game through to the end you can't murder the lord or anything like no, that no. which are getting quite nice if you're introducing the game to newer people to board games Yeah, yeah. otherwise there's, there tends to be that thing of oh you've been knocked out in the first round because you knew sit there for 10 minutes while we yes, finish off it was nice to, to carry yeah. on playing it um, despite the fact that I got screwed heavily over um, I, I did enjoy the game and it was fun to when I started getting the hang of it, going, oh, I could screw with these guys. I can't win. Yeah. I know I couldn't win yeah. because I've been screwed over, but I went, but I can stop other people. And then yes. when you yeah. play again, yes, I'd we'll, we'll very much use those tricks. So. I'd like to play again um, at some point because it's, yeah. it's something I don't remember much of it, but I think it's, it's like any game when you first play it, you need to play it again once you've learned the rules to, yes, yeah, to yeah, get yeah, into it um, one of the things I really like about it as well is that although someone might be ahead you can see the victory points there are points that are given when the game finishes you reveal your lord you get your bonus points yes uh, for what you've forward. completed you also get points for what you've you've picked up um, so if you have stolen all the thieves and not managed to send them on a mission you'll still get some points at the end for having lots of thieves yeah um, so it could be people leapfrog and jump around towards the end of the game uh, excuse me they leapfrog and jump around towards the end of the game yeah yeah. 
So you can you can think you're winning and then lose at the last minute. You yeah. can think you're losing and then jump ahead because you really really focused on a particular type of quest, yeah. which is nice. I like that. So it yes. does keep everyone involved right up yeah. until the end. And again, that's very Euro gamery. It is, yeah. as as Colin was saying, and I like one, Euro games. Yeah, Euro games are nice because the systems have been fought out so yeah. well. Sometimes you just want to be really horrible to your friends and punch them in the face. Not literally. Uh, well, you might do, but. Metaphorically, it, it gives you that kind of. It was like common saying, it's like you might think, okay, I can't win this in a game of Monopoly, say. At that point, you go, okay, fair enough, I quit. I'm gonna step out of it. No, you know, flip the board up. And you have <laughs> yeah. a massive family argument and you ruin Christmas. Yes, That's how you play Monopoly. And then it's permanently banned in your household. Um, have you had Monopoly banned in your household? Yes. Have you had Monopoly banned in your household? Uh, no, but. But I don't think we really played it in mine. That's, that's no. We just never it. really played it because my dad was really, really mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have members. Yeah. Competitive dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have members, do you? Yes. yes. <laughs> you have members in your family. Members in your family, yes. That's why I live under the country. I have members. No. Um, they're recruited. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> that's why these trolls are standing right next to me they're new members of my family um, it's kind of said like you feel like you're not winning and then go but I can mess with this person and beat them instead so you still feel like you're getting somewhere even yes. if it's not yeah. the top yeah. I'm not going to win but I can, by god I'm not going to lose yeah. yeah and that keeps you involved there's not many games that let you feel that way it's like either you win or nothing else mm. whereas it does make you feel like well, I might be be ahead of them, but I might just be messing with this person, and that's really funny. So I'm going to carry on. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So do we like Lords of Waterdeep. Uh, you play again, Colin? Yeah, as I said earlier, I don't remember a huge amount about playing it. Um, the first game, our, our gaming companion just walked all over us, <laughs> swept the rug with us, as so to speak. Um, I would. No, that makes same makes no sense. It's medieval times. We sweep rugs with people. Swept now. the floor with you, or pulled the rug out from under you? I think I combined both of those. I'm uh, start, yes, you're I mix in your metaphors. Ex- well, yes, but it's a fantasy era, so I can mix metaphors, and they'll become the norm. Yes, yeah, yeah. Story, um, but yes, I would play again. Yeah, you play um, again. I, I definitely recommend it, even if you play it once and don't enjoy it because somebody uses you to mop up the carpet afterwards see I thought um, you would catch on <laughs> then just despite the lovely lovely box just yeah just enjoy the box, the box. Enjoy, the enjoy the box, box. but look you will how, like the game again look at how tidy everything is <laughs> look at how neatly it passed away <laughs> stroke its cardboard surfaces and now we're getting into the, the realms of weird <laughs> I, was, I was really enjoying myself um, just... are we massively over time Oh, uh, yes, I believe so. Excellent. That's a a whistle-stop tour through uh, through fantasy. That sound you hear is the centaur ringing for time, uh, which means that we've got to drink up and get gone. Uh, Interestingly, he's a reverse centaur, so he's got a human body and a horse's head. It does mean he's head-butting the bell. It does seem painful. I feel guilty enough to leave my own back garden. Yeah, but if you you give him sugar cubes, then you get free drinks. Ah, Um, time so yeah, so we're uh, we're going to knock back our pints of mead, whatever mead is. I'm still not 100% sure what it actually is. Um, and um, the wizard's put his staff away. He stroked Finally. it so much, he's <laughs> practically gone blind. <laughs> he, he did shoot some sparks out at the end at one point. Um, and um, in true adventuring tradition, 
the rest of us are off to domesticate some owlbears. Yes. Not yes. a euphemism. Uh, so, I have been Brian Ennis. I've been Aaron Ravinsky. And I've been Colin of House Howard. <laughs> I've gone up in the world. I'm no longer a peasant. <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.